Hey, that's your game. Oh, yeah. Vampires with machine guns. It's not a love. Hello, and welcome to another episode of That's a Random, a Random Movie Podcast. I'm Heath Lambert. Joining me for the third, counting the bonus episode, three out of the last four episodes. <laughs> My guest, Sebastian Moreno, is here. Why is he Yo. back so soon? Well, we're here to talk about Eat Locals from 2017. Well, it was originally called Rain, Rain of Blood, and then somebody went, that's dumb. <laughs> but before we get into any of that, this gentleman, a few weeks ago, won the perhaps first annual, we'll see, horror movie trivia challenge bonus episode. Oh, yeah. Knocked out some stiff competition and ran away with it. And I promised oh, yeah. him a reward, a prize of sorts. So I'm going to... He doesn't know what's about to happen. So I'm going to share my screen here and uh, feast your eyes and ears on this. Well, hello there, Sebastian. Lisa Wilcox here, Alice Johnson from A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master, and 5, The Dream Child. How are you? And guess what? I am your secret prize to say congratulations on the horror movie trivia game episode and... I'm so happy to be your prize. How exciting is that? <laughs> um, they also wanted to share, thanks for being such a good friend to That's So Random, uh, a random movie podcast. And this absolutely sounds fascinating. So I don't know. I think I'm going to have to check out this podcast for sure. So anyway, congrats. And have a fabulous week. And ciao. <laughs> How did you get Lisa Wilcox? Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. It's not that hard. Dude. <laughs> there you go. Yes. Congratulations. Oh Alice. The Alice. Yes. Uh, oh, oh, that's... I did not see her coming. Uh, good good job. <laughs> Just... <laughs> there uh, you I go. I hope you told her I love Nightmare on Street 5, because I do champion that one. I told her that she wow. was my favorite final girl, but it wasn't for me, so don't don't even worry about that. It's about you, so that's right. All right, so there's that. But that's you. You have that now. That's yours. Keep and you can watch it over this and over awesome. and over again. This this is awesome. Just still, just thank you so much. That's, <laughs> no problem. That's, that's, uh, I knew it had to be something just, cool. Right. All right, with that business out of the way, let's yeah. talk. Eat locals from 2017. British vampires. I, I'm looking in this. Like critics did not like this movie. Most people don't seem to like this movie. I found this movie to be fun. I thought it was enjoyable, too. It kind of had a rocky start, but I, I found myself enjoying it as it went on, you know. And it's, um, I mean, a hell of a cast. Off, yeah, did, did you did you pick me because of the cast? Because I because No, it I just happened so. to be my next movie, and I knew I needed you on to give you your prize, whatever the movie was, so because, it just worked uh, out. I see Charlie Cox as one of the vampires. Freema, I can't pronounce her name. Uh, she was Martha Jones in Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of Doctor Who stuff going on in this. Oh yeah, I know one of the um, I know the old lady Alice was uh, in one of the Moffat uh, era episodes. Oh, see, I didn't even know that. But uh, yeah, yeah Freema. And I do know Eve Miles, who was Vanessa, was Gwen Cooper in Torchwood. Yes, and uh, Tony. It's it's probably Curran or no, probably not Curran. <laughs> Curran. Uh, who played Peter in here, he played Vincent Van Gogh on the Van Gogh episode of Doctor Who, 
So there's lots of... So we got a bunch of Doctor Who alums plus Daredevil. Nothing wrong with that. And the fact that Jason Fleming directed this and he was um, Azazel in X-Men First Class. He was. He's mostly known for being an actor, but he, yeah, Jason Fleming directed this. He was Azazel in X-Men First Class. He was Calibus in the Clash of the Titans remake. He was Jekyll and Hyde in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. And he was in Cedar Chucky. Yeah, so you've, I mean, you've seen him and stuff, and he directed this. Yeah. He did an okay yeah. job, I feel. Yeah, I can tell this was very Matthew Vaughn-influenced, because uh, a lot of it kind of reminded A lot of it seemed like he was influenced by the guy. That, and I think there's all, uh, there's also a lot of Guy Ritchie alums in this uh, involved with this as well. Oh yeah. oh, yeah, he's worked with him, too. There's this influence all around, and honestly, there's a particular one-take action scene that I could swear... Wouldn't be out of place in one of Matthew Vaughn's works or even Guy Ritchie's. Yeah, it felt pretty Kingsman, that barn fight. <laughs> yeah. Also, the main character's name is Sebastian, which I didn't also did not know or plan on, but that worked out pretty well, too. So. Admittedly, it felt weird writing uh, the name down in my notes. <laughs> well, we'll have, to keep, we'll have to keep in mind as we're going through the movie and talking about Sebastian that we're not talking about you. <laughs> and you have not met any vampires or probably been to England. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, the movie opens with it's sort of this gathering is happening at, at this cottage out in the boonies somewhere in England. And yeah, it's yeah. Charlie Cox is playing Henry Freema Agamon, we'll say. I'll, I'll pronounce it that way. Well, apologies to her if she were to come across this. Yeah. Just, you know. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, she just might. Who plays Angel? Tony Curran? Cur- I don't know. Plays Peter, Eve Miles, yeah, from Torchwood, and Broadchurch plays Vanessa. There's this old lady, Alice, a fella named Thomas, a guy named Chen, and a guy named the Duke. So it's these eight, we'll learn very quickly, vampires who are kind of, have divvied England up. They are the vampire lords of, I guess, the British Isle. I don't know if it's just England or if it's the UK in total or what. I was kind of confused. I was kind of confused when they mentioned the European faction, which, uh, isn't the UK part of Europe, or just... yeah? But I think they mean the rest of Europe. Like they're specifically, England is divided up amongst these eight vampires. They have these meetings periodically to discuss things. They have some rules in place, and one of their members, Thomas, has broken the rules. He's been overfeeding. You know, they're only and supposed to take kids. yeah, and also feeding on children, which is against the rules. And he didn't think they would catch him, but they did. There's also there's an interesting little exchange about that's a real Brexit, like anti-Brexit kind of thing, because Charlie Cox is like, you know, race or whatever has nothing to do with it. We'll feed on whoever, yeah. and those people that you think you can just feed on and no one will notice are the people who are, you know, have come here hoping to help their families, send money to their families, and they, they're taking on our garbage, and they're doing the shit jobs we don't want to do, and you're preying upon them. And that's not right. So it's like this cool kind of anti-Brexit message in, yeah, hiding in here as well. Yep, I'm down for it. I'm down for anti-Brexit. Vampires with morals. Well, and Charlie Cox mentions in the movie that he doesn't eat people. He only feeds on animals. Yeah. He's a real Which... uh, he's a real Louis <laughs> to everyone else's little stat. Yeah, yeah, I, I suppose that's an apt comparison. But yeah, and they take this, the Thomas, you broke the rules, you're out, and they dust him like Buffy the Vampire Slayer style people get turned to dust and they just throw his ashy body down the stairs to the basement and well actually Vanessa's not here yet everybody except Eve Miles' character is here yes yeah she's bringing Sebastian as a potential candidate and I mean the movie Sebastian yes correct 
I would not survive this one. Because there have to be, the rules are there have to be eight. So if somebody is out, then they have to bring somebody in. And she has, yeah, he doesn't know it, but <laughs> yeah, we have this guy, Sebastian, who gets off at like the train station or whatever. There's these two little fun kids that are like giving him a hard time. He got conned by them, that's why. It's it's funny though. I mean, this is kind of I mean, this is kind of a comedy movie in parts. I mean, it gets more serious at the end, but yeah, they're like, oh, we know our dad is in. It's fighting the Afghanistan, <laughs> and he's can we get a fiver or whatever? And he gives him the money, and he's like, so your dad's fighting. So your dad's in the army <laughs> or whatever? And they go, yeah, the Taliban, and they get up and they run away. It made me laugh. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so he got rousted by these kids, but then Vanessa pulls up. She's his ride. And these kids are like, ooh, what a fine bird. How'd he, how'd this loser get this lady? Suck on that, little kids. <laughs> but she picks him up. She's like, okay, I'm taking you to meet my friends. And he's like, okay, that's cool. Like, you get the idea. You don't get too much of the backstory. But you get the idea that they probably, like, met online and they've been talking and this is going to be their meetup. And he was expecting, you Which know. I'm assuming Skype a, since they reference it. A bit more, something a bit more romantic or sexy. Not so much going to an old cottage and hanging out with her buddies yeah but she's like no we just have to stop there you know first and it's fine meanwhile outside the cottage in the woods kind of in the dark the what i assume is the sas the british are surveilling this cottage that the vampires are in there's a fox jump scare even <laughs> there is a fox jump scare there's foxes all over the place twice and there's a conversation here there's they have this guy with them who's Mi mr larue or larousse larousse he's played by like one of the comedic duels, duels from uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, what's that fellow's name? Yeah, he's been in stuff too. Like, there's just there's just so many like familiar faces in this. It's kind of crazy. Well, Fleming has no doubt has a lot of connections. Uh, Mackenzie Crook is the gentleman's name. He was in yeah, he's in the he was Rigetti in the Pirates movies. He's been in a bunch of stuff, but he's been in a lot of stuff. He was in Game of Thrones. I, I think a couple people in here were in Game of Thrones, so. But, I mean, every British actor's been in Game of Thrones except for, what, Benedict Cumberbatch and if not, Anthony uh, Hopkins, probably. If not Game of Thrones, then probably the MCU. Yeah, so we don't quite know what's going on here, but they do mention something about the this LaRue's guy is, like, the envoy from the Vatican. Yeah. You know, he's like, no, Which, we, uh, have, we have to strike tonight. There's two of them in there, and we have to get them before they get away. And the colonel who's running the Special Forces unit is like, the Vatican's waited a thousand years. They can wait one more night. Like, it's fucking... So this is like the Vatican has hired this vampire hit squad to go take out. So already it's a pretty interesting setup. And then you have this human stuck in the middle of all this who's, yeah. you know, they're just kind of sitting around conversing. Yeah, Vanessa has brought him to replace Thomas. Well, the old lady Alice sneezes when they're talking and like her vamp face comes out and he's like, oh shit. And he like falls over. There's also a chair fail where like, did they break the chair? I'm, I'm assuming they broke the chair and used the leg as a stake to kill Thomas. Is that what happened? Because this chair, he I goes to sit. In, yeah, because he goes to sit in this chair. It's like this serious moment where they're like, "Hey, come, you know, come sit down. You're not leaving. Come sit down and talk to us." And he sits down, and the chair falls over, and he has to climb back up. So it's there's some decent little physical comedy bits he, in here too. And he thought the old lady was a zombie until he saw the mirror. That's you know. Yeah. He notices in the mirror that none of them, he's the only one in the room, according to the mirror, so he figures out what's up. I have to admit, I have to admit his reaction's pretty apt, and uh, I kind of fails at uh, trying to defend himself, failing a <laughs> kind of a Lord's Prayer. <laughs> yeah, and he grabs like a like the 
coal shovel and the poker from the fireplace and makes like a makeshift crucifix out of it. And obviously that doesn't do anything. But no, it didn't. They're trying to, they kind of explain to him what's going on. There's a lot of beating around the bush of like, oh, you know, you're going to join us. And he assumes they're either a cult or some kind of pyramid scheme or something. And he's like, no, thanks. You know, nice to meet you, Vanessa. I'm going to take off. And they won't let him leave. And they vote and everyone votes yay, except for Peter, Tony Curran's character, who he's the only nay. And it has to be unanimous to include him. So since it isn't. And, and Peter mentions Thomas was his friend, which why didn't he do something? Yeah, he didn't know, I get, yeah, he didn't, he was not warned what was going to happen tonight, that Thomas was going to get killed. So he's a little yeah. salty about that. Yeah, I'm guessing it sounds like he was Thomas's sire, maybe, because he says, I brought him in. So, yeah. So since it's not unanimous and they can't have any witnesses, now that he knows what's up, we're going to have to kill him. And they, Angel, Freeman's character, goes to kill him. And Vanessa, who genuinely does like seem, you know, seem to like him and think he's, you know, obviously she wanted to bring him into the group because she must like him a little bit. It's like, oh, hold on, hold on, we could, uh, like, did we do we have any food here? Because it'd be a shame to waste a meal. Like, don't kill him outright. So he's kind of stalling for time, <laughs> yeah. you know. Maybe we should eat him instead. When he also <laughs> he hits Vanessa in the face with the poker and like she gets a big cut in her cheek and he runs away. And then he, she of course heals right away. And there's another funny like she's funny. Like when she when she heals, like her hair like falls in her face and she like <laughs> like blows her hair up out of her face. It was just a really funny little like physical, especially for like a vampire to have to do that. Like it's such a human thing to have to like blow your hair out of your face. Like I don't know. I, mean, I thought that chuckle. was a nice touch. Probably probably improvised. But he yeah, Sebastian gets away. He's running outside and then all, he runs into Chen, who we haven't really hasn't really taken part in the. He's kind of an aloof kind of. He's like outside kind of guarding the place and Charlie Cox's character right. spoke for him when they voted. He's like, I'm an, uh, I'm a yay. And I speak for Chen and he's a yay too. So I guess for whatever reason, he's kind of, he's more the fighter. He lets them handle the politics and stuff. But, but he, he Sebastian's running across this field and Chen is just there and he just runs straight into him and falls down. So Chen and Peter stop him from escaping. They have the, the way they do their eyes glowing in this is cool. Like as they're walking across the field, you know, in the dark, just from a distance, like it's not like a crazy special effect where like their eyes are glowing super bright. It's just like their eyes are super shiny and when the light hits it just right, it's like a subtle kind of orange glow. I thought that was really cool. I thought it was an interesting effect. Because they could have gone way overboard and have it like, you know, like these demonic red fiery glowing eyes, but it's just this really kind of, I don't know, it's more like just the light's hitting it the right way and it makes it look cool. Yeah. So they're about to snack down on Sebastian when the special forces guys kicked the door in and they're standing there with guns and they were expecting there to be two vampires because they've been outside with like they have like this heat detector thing where they're like okay we see like oh there's a warm body in there there's cold bodies whatever but yeah they're expecting two vampires and there's seven in this room and so then yeah it's something about this isn't like oh our night's I don't remember what the line is but Charlie Cox is like you have no idea how, like, how bad your night's about to get then we just hear back up at the top of the hill or whatever in the woods where the colonel is he hears over the radio his men getting just slaughtered yeah. lots of gunfire lighting up through the cottage window and stuff but no idea that was budget limitations that got them to do that or that was intentional from the start yeah could be either yeah it's not a huge budget movie or anything but yeah some some of the special effects like when when 
Well, coming up here, because in, in the melee, in the fight, they've killed all these soldiers, but the Duke got staked in the heart. Yeah. He and, just calls um, himself the Duke. Yeah, he's just no the Duke. first name, last name, just, just the Duke. He kind of, sort of, almost seems like he's the leader-ish, sort of, but, but he gets staked, and know. he when he turns to dust, or ash, or whatever, it's not a great, I mean, like, the CGI-wise, it's not great. I've seen uh, worse, you, but, again, that's a budgetary thing, so I you know, let it well, slide. Like... They tried. They tried. So the Duke is dead, and now it's like, I mean, it's on now. It's a standoff because all the, all the vampires grab the guns from all the dead soldiers in the room, and they're shooting out there. So the soldiers are shooting at the house. The vampires are shooting back out at the soldiers, so it's just this, like, yeah, this armed standoff with vampires, which is not something you see. You don't see vampires use guns a lot. Yeah, come to think of it, yeah, you don't. Barehanded or do you use knives. Or swords. I suppose Underworld, there's guns all over that that series but yeah it's it's crazy that the army guys don't think to set this house on fire because that would bring the vampires out pretty quickly i would think but actually i'm surprised now that you mention it I'm surprised not any of them thought to bring a rocket launcher somebody does have a rocket launcher at one point but i don't remember if it gets maybe gets killed before he can use it oh or is oh, that yeah. when the chicken goes the burning chicken goes seat. flying across when, yeah, yeah he <laughs> blows up the chicken coop oh, yeah yeah, there's two but bits of chicken-based humor coming up. So they tie Sebastian up in the basement or the cellar or whatever with the, what turns out they've, they hijacked the house from the owners, these, this couple, the Thatchers, Mr. Mr. and Mrs. Thatcher, who they have tied up in chairs. Mr. Thatcher. I had to assume there was, to assume there was a Margaret Thatcher shot. Yeah, I'm sure it's, I mean, how do you, well, I think, and I think there's even like a Margaret Thatcher, like, picture up on the wall or something, so... Yeah, that's a yeah, that's why. Yeah. But that's that's their last names as well. The guy playing Mr. Thatcher is Dexter Fletcher. Oh yeah. Who Actually, Dexter Fletcher directed Rocket Man and also came in and took over for Brian Singer directing Bohemian Rhapsody. So which, uh, if, if Bohemian Rhapsody is a bit of a mess, a lot of that might have to do with the fact that <laughs> Brian Singer got shit canned partway through and was replaced or, by this Dexter Fletcher guy, so yeah, Rocket Man. I will say this though. I know there's a lot of you know there's a lot of things to be said about Bohemian Rhapsody. Way too many. Quality wise, you know, whatever. But I I feel like Rocket Man was then put forth as like the better alternative, and I I disagree. I feel that they're both. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it, uh, I mean. I don't think either one of them is great. Let's say that. <laughs> well, I haven't seen Rocket Man, admittedly, but no, but I've heard good things about it. It's fine. It's fine, but it's not. Uh, it's not supremely better than Bohemian Rhapsody in any discernible way. So <laughs> it bothered me that that was kind of put forward as like, oh, forget Bohemian Rhapsody. Rhapsody, watch Rocket Man instead. No, Although, they're, they're uh, pretty similar. That that new Weird Al film is, uh, I'd say, is a better alternative. Yeah, yeah. I'm torn on that one too. <laughs> I love seeing Daniel Radcliffe in a comedy. There were a couple bits I thought were genuinely funny, but I I was expecting I was maybe it was just talked up too much. But I I had so many people who were like, oh my god, this is the funniest movie. This is the funniest thing I've seen since MacGruber. This is the funniest movie, and I watched it and I was like, huh, huh. like it was fine. There was I liked the approach to it, but it wasn't like the laugh out loud funny constantly that I was expecting. Maybe I don't know, but it was it was entertaining for sure. Although. Uh... We got off track there for a moment. That's fine. We can go all of this. We're, I'm, we're like halfway through my notes already, so we can take all the dovetails we want because 
there's not I mean plot wise there's not a ton to eat locals especially but once the fire a... once the firefight starts there's a lot of kind of sitting around as both sides are kind of trying to wait each other out you know though there are some uh, though they do try to one up each other like uh, like Sebastian movie Sebastian escapes on his own without much help rising although he uh, though there is a funny moment with uh, between him and Henry that Sebastian thought he got shot but it was Henry's blood. Yeah, there's stray bullets flying through, and Charlie Cox catches one, and then Sebastian's like, oh, God, I'm shot, I'm shot. And it's like, no, calm down, that's my blood. And he's like, okay, I don't want your blood on me either. I don't know what you have. <laughs> You're a vampire. And he's like, and that's when he says, he's like, well, the worst thing you'd get from me is hoof and mouth disease because I don't eat people. All I eat is animals. So that's pretty good. Yeah. And Charlie Cox is just digging this bullet out of himself and just like... But sharing a cigarette with, like he seems to like Sebastian too. I mean, he had, he did vote yes for him. You know, I gotta say, he Charlie Cox really sounds no different with the British accent than in Daredevil. Yeah, sounds exactly the same as he does. There's times, and it's weird because I know he has a British accent normally. That's his natural. Yeah, he does. But there are times yeah. in this movie where uh, usually he has his British accent, but there are times where there's some line deliveries that sound like Matt Murdock. It sounds like he's turned his accent off and is just speaking american english and i'm like whoa what's going on here like the most british i've seen him in was in stardust he had his baby face no stubble that and uh downton abbey or is that is he on Downton? he must be on down if there are everybody's on downton abbey i mean i, I thought maybe i was thinking of dan stevens but uh, i think, yeah, I think charlie was in i think charlie cox is on at least a little bit of downton abbey i haven't seen much of it that's my wife's deal i haven't really watched yeah, it there's but... an overlap like game of thrones yeah. Angel, Freema Gaiman's character, starts feeding on one of the soldiers and it's just like has blood all over her face and Peter's like disgusted by her. He's like, ugh, <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, well, how do you eat, man? Like, are you so aristocratic? Like, I don't know. I don't know. But it's she gets, like... she catches a stray bullet through the wall while she's doing that and kind of gets mad about it and picks up a gun and starts shooting. <laughs> But overall, these are pretty sophisticated vampires. Like, they're pretty, I don't know, they're pretty chill vampires. They're not running around. <laughs> I mean, I mean, their whole thing is like, don't, you know, we have to... One guy got in trouble yeah, for, for being too crazy, so... Like, for the most part, they're very discreet, at least up until this. And they also, I mean, Peter comes across as kind of an asshole to everybody who's kind of selfish, yeah. but Henry, Charlie Cox's character, is like, just he's just nice to everybody. Like, he just he's friends with everybody and gets along. Like, oh. <laughs> It's pleasant. I like it. The old, Alice, the old lady vampire, picks up an M60. <laughs> we get slow motion of her outside mowing you know, down soldiers with this M60. A, you know, she claims she owns a gun herself. One of the vampires asks who, own, who knows how to fire a gun or uses one, or and Alice replies that she owns one. Well, or even just, I mean, how long has she been alive? I mean, we know Peter's been around for over a thousand years, so, you know, I'm sure he's manage to collect a, a gun at some point <laughs> if you've lived long enough you don't not necessarily a gun nut if she has a gun but probably but yeah she's just mowing these people down well they were also had to they were trying to explain to alice what skype is because <laughs> like she didn't she's an old lady she doesn't she hasn't adjusted to new technology yet the way the others have so vampires they're just like oh. us yeah they're shooting out the windows at the soldiers vanessa catches a bullet right between the eyes and just kind of shrugs it off. Chen's like, oh, she's like, I'll survive. And Chen's like, quite, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and you see it heal up. So they're, yeah, they're pretty 
tough they can, if they can take a shot to the head like that. All the vampires are preoccupied dealing with the soldiers. Sebastian, yeah, he kind of, he wasn't tied up very well, really, because he tips his chair over and that's kind of enough for him to get out of his ropes pretty easily. He does try to ditch the couple before just coming back. Yeah, he's about to leave through this window out from the cellar and they're like, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> and he, so he comes back and he gets Miss, Miss Thatcher, Mrs. Thatcher free. And then he has to help get her. She's too, you know, she's bigger than he is. It's hard to get her through the window. Finally gets her out. The soldiers are out there looking like, okay, so we got movement. What is it? Is it, a, is it one of us or one of them? Oh, it's a warm body. What is she doing? And she's trying to but serpentine through the front yard. Because <laughs> there's been shots ringing out as she came out the window. You know, the sniper let one loose kind of next to her. And so she's like trying to run a zigzag to throw them off just in the yard but they're the soldiers it's funny because the soldiers yeah the soldiers are watching her like what is she doing (laughs) and then they're like i don't know well let's make her work for it then and they just start shooting like near her (laughs) to like make her run more so they're having fun (laughs) with it i mean (laughs) it seems like a pretty serious situation but i guess let off steam where you can i guess but and before he can free because mr thatcher's tied a a bit tighter he can't get the ropes off so he's gonna need to cut them and he goes to get a knife and opens the fridge and the and this is an odd little it's almost one Detour. thing it's almost one thing too many in this movie like uh this movie seems bent on just you know adding more stuff to one up the insanity of it all yeah he so, opens the fridge and there's awesome. a bunch of body parts and jars full of body parts because the thatchers are cannibals apparently <laughs> and it's implied the vampires knew the entire time they just didn't bother yeah, Sebastian tells Henry, like, oh, look in the fridge, there's, like, pickled people in there. And he's like, yeah, we choose our hosts uh, <laughs> carefully. So they, they made sure that they were taking over somebody's house for the night, and we're, they're going to have to kill these people, that they're bad people. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> they're not that's, just hitting random you know that, that's innocence. That's entirely fair. That's entirely fair. But it also, because it doesn't really come to anything, it's just a weird little, yeah, it's an odd little detour that suddenly the homeowners are these cannibals. That it doesn't, but... I guess so we don't feel bad for them at all. Especially since uh, Mrs. Thatcher sold out her husband and Sebastian. Yeah, and here, and I'll say there's a lot of things in this movie that I found surprising. Little twists, little things that happen that keep it unpredictable. Because, like, Mrs. Thatcher has gotten to upward to where the soldiers are. And they're asking her questions like, how many people are in there, blah, blah, blah. Like, where's your husband? <laughs> you left him behind, what's up? And she's like, but because she... She knows she's a cannibal and she doesn't want them, you know, she needs to like slink away. So she's like, oh, I need to go like use the restroom. You know, thanks for your help, but I'm, you know, I'm good now. Don't follow me. And the colonel's like, no, I'll escort you, you know, into the woods. The woods are, there's bad things in the woods, you know. And he takes her off into the darkness and you hear gunshots because he just killed this lady. So like, because there's like no witnesses. And I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting that, you know. Yeah. And you're kind of wondering like, wow, what is, because the colonel didn't like or care about this guy from the vatican like he's upset that this vatican guy because he wanted to wait and not charge in there the vatican guy sort of ordered them to and he lost a bunch of his guys because of it so now he's done listening to the to well larousse or whatever his name is then there's the fact that uh, while the vatican wants the vampires eliminated the colonel wants to take wants to take one of the vampires alive for the uh, scientific research yeah, he says that he's been, the Vatican has been, like, outbid. Like, someone has paying me more now, and it turns out it's this cosmetic company 
who somehow Which, knows uh, about vampires, and they want samples from vampires fun. to use in their cosmetics. Which, uh, okay. Interesting uh, little last-minute twist there, I guess. Yeah, but it's another... That's another... Like, it kind of went satire for a moment on the cosmetics industry. Yeah, and like I said, I, I did enjoy this movie, but it does feel like there's a lot going on to the point that there's almost too much going on. <laughs> Yeah, because you're adding in the cannibals thing, you're adding in the cosmetic company thing, kind of out of left field. So there's a there's a lot going on, but it's also keeps it kind of fresh and unexpected because I what well, I didn't see that coming either. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was just going to be like soldiers versus vampires for the rest of the movie, and there's more going on. So yeah, Peter finds a motorcycle in the barn and tries to escape that way. He also broke the fourth wall for a moment there because while he was searching for a car, but then he heard the chickens. But uh, he sees the bike. And he turns to the camera with a smile on his face. Like, that's... Like, he just broke the fourth wall there for a moment. Oh, I didn't notice that. that's the only time that happens. He, he almost gets away on this motorcycle, but a soldier kind of shoots the bike out from under him, and they, they're kind of getting ready to surround him, and he... That's, he gets away somehow. I'm not even sure how. I think the next time we see him, he's just free again. But, yeah, there's bullets still flying into the house. Sebastian obviously is not going to let Mr. Thatcher go now that he knows he's a cannibal, but he does put a bucket on his head to sort of protect him. And Mr. Thatcher's like, what's that going to do? And then a bullet hits the bucket. And he's like, oh, thank you, I guess. That was a good idea. Because he almost got hit that bucket. hadn't been Like the bucket had just got put on, and if it hadn't been there, he would have got his face blown off. So Then there's a cool Chen and Vanessa are kind of sneaking around the house. Chen takes an arrow to the leg, and he's kind of like, oh, I'm only going to slow you down. You know, I'll I'll handle these guys, you go. And Vanessa's kisses him, even though we haven't seen any interaction between them before. But my guess is probably a group that's been together this long. I bet you everybody has slept with everybody. You know what I mean? I bet they all kind of love each other or hate each other in a very eternal sort of way. So Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, then we get, we get this very Kingsman-esque fight in this barn where Chen takes out like eight soldiers by himself before getting... Like, they're shooting arrows at him, he's catching them in midair and stabbing the other guy with it and flipping guys over and throwing knives at people. And But he does finally get God. He gets staked and arrowed in the heart by the time we're done. So that's two vampires down out of seven. Yeah, then there's two bits of chicken-related comedy where, yeah, Vanessa is kind of sneaking through this, like, chicken coop part of the, you know, next to the barn. Yeah. And when she comes in, the chickens start making a bunch of noise, and she does, like, vampire face and is like, shh, and tells them to be quiet. And then this, they stop, and then an egg falls out of the chicken. Like, she scared, she literally scared the egg, like, the shit, scared the egg out of them, which is kind of funny. And then, yeah, this guy with the bazooka at the top of the hill shoot, blows up this chicken coop, and this flaming chicken comes flying out. Like, and the soldiers are watching it fly across the sky like a meteor. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Then Alice is killed, the old lady. She's trying to fool them. I would think they all would have already seen her with the M60, but... You soldiers didn't. Or, I guess. But they're not, just not that bright. Because she comes out and she's like, Oh, I'm just an old lady. I don't hear so well. They, they tied my husband up in there and you got to help me. And the one soldier's like, Uh-uh, this is bullshit. and won't take his gun off her. And the one's kind of getting closer to her to help her. And the other soldier's like, Stay away from her. Don't go near her. What are you doing? I'm telling you, I'm ordering you to step back. But he does it, and she gives him a knife in each side of his... She has two knives, and she puts one in each side of his neck, so they, like, meet in the middle. It's pretty cool. But then she gets she gets just decimated. Like, they all open a fire on her, and the next thing you see is a soldier just, like, throwing her dust and ash away. Like So that's three down now. And then Vanessa also gets captured. They've got her with, like, the 
like the Planet of the Apes neck, whatever what you can call that. Like a stick with a hoop at the end of it, and the hoop goes around their neck so you can direct them around. Yeah, I've seen that. I don't know the name of it. Yeah, I'm sure it has a name, but I've never heard it. But yeah, so they capture her, and they have her tied up on like a, they have like a rack. Yeah. And it's like a stand up on the hill, and they've got it set up, and she's like chained, yeah. you know, kind of expose spread eagle chained up to this yeah. thing and they're t- you know the colonel's telling her like oh we're i'm gonna wait till right before the sun comes up cosmetic people are gonna come here and get their samples and then you're gonna like burn up in the sun and she's trying to tempt the because the Roos is like asking her a bunch of questions like how long have you been alive how many of you are there and she says like enough to what like kill everyone in england like, feed on all of england you know but she's she starts tempting him with like oh like oh do you like what you see like I'm a beautiful lady I'll always look this way you can have me any way you want forever <laughs> and kind of lures him close enough to where she bites him and I guess this this is a movie where all you have to do is get bit by a vampire and you become a vampire so he's starting to yeah. turn so he gets tied up next to her and he's becoming a vampire as well so that's just desserts for that guy so back at the house they're kind of the vampires are kind of regrouping with Sebastian like. What are, like what, how how are we gonna get out of this? Three of us are dead. Vanessa's captured. They've got us kind of pinned down. And he mentions the movie Zulu and is like, "Hey, let's do like a you know here's the plan. Have you seen Zulu?" So next thing you know, Henry Charlie Cox's character has is bringing out a guy and you assume it's Sebastian because you know, he's wearing Sebastian's clothes. He's got a bag over his head. The idea is like you know we're here to negotiate. Let's both do like a peaceful retreat. You know, you go back. It's yours. We'll go back to ours. Everybody lives to see the next, you know, tomorrow. Well, first Charlie Cox says, I forgot the one line I was going to say, but he, um, the colonel's like, like, this is momentous. I have, I have a chance to kill. I'm going to go down and, you know, I'm going to be famous or whatever, whatever he's trying to say. And Charlie Cox says, you killed more of my friends tonight than anyone has, or in one night than anyone ever. Your place in history is assured. Don't worry about it. <laughs> like, you know, like you've done enough. Yeah, the colonel's like, well, if I let you go, what are you going to do? And he's like, I'd go abroad, away from here, where things like this don't happen. Because <laughs> I don't want to do deal with this anymore. But also, like, a prisoner exchange. We have this Sebastian guy here. He's a human. You can have him. We just want... You have our friend Vanessa tied up there. We want her back. And the colonel's like, well, let me think about it. No. And they <laughs> shoot... He just shoots Sebastian. Sebastian falls down. And they capture Henry now. And they have him chained up too. But it turns out Sebat, it wasn't actually Sebastian. Sebastian's hiding back in the house. He switched clothes with Peter. Because they kind of suspected the colonel might just kill whoever they brought out. So they're thinking, this is Sebastian and he's dead. He takes the bag off. It's really Peter. And he's running through the woods. Picking these soldiers off one by one. Which is kind of cool. Of course, then there's a moment of Mr. Thatcher killing a soldier. And then uh, Angel, Prima. Freeman's character finds him and well there's, him anyway. there's a cool bit where Sebastian's running through the wood there's kind of the main soldier other than the colonel is this guy they just call him 18 and he's running through the woods and he runs into Sebastian and they're like Sebastian's like whoa hey hey calm down do you have a gun he's like no but I have a knife <laughs> I have a big knife and he's like cool why don't we just pretend we didn't see each other and go about our business and 18's like yep works for me and leaves so him and Sebastian like part ways in the woods and then 18 runs into Fletcher and he tries it he's you know he's like let's just pretend we didn't see each other let's just pretend we didn't see each other okay and Fletcher's like what are you talking about you're a soldier your job is to like I'm a civilian you're supposed to help me and he's like I don't care right now <laughs> like there's other shit going on and he's and then he's like do you have a gun and he's like no I have a knife and then he says that's not a knife this is a knife 
which is just the second movie on this show that I've had where someone steals that line from Crocodile Dundee. I don't remember what the other one was, but I know I've had it. I think it was Wolf Creek. Yeah, and he pulls out a bigger knife, and so Mr. Thatcher, the cannibal, is killing this the main soldier, 18, stabbing him over and over. You messed up my house, you asshole, you know? And then, yeah, Angel comes across him, and we don't see what happens, but we assume because we hear him screaming, so... Yeah. Angel Which. kills him. Back up at the top of the hill, this was a little odd and confusing to me because this isn't part of any vampire lore that I know, but Van- Vanessa commits like self-destruct suicide. She doesn't want to burn uh, up in the was, sun. I was kind of confused. I was pretty confused by that. Like, the sun wasn't up, so I wasn't sure what I just saw. She's It's it's her, then Charlie Cox is in the middle, and then the Roos guy's on the other end. And she's like telepathically communicating with Charlie Cox and she's he's like don't worry we're gonna get out of this and she's like no I think I'm done it's time for me to go and he's like don't do it don't do it and she just like jerks forward and then like turns to ash like sets on fire and turns to ash as if the sun hit her like she self-destructed like she somehow I don't know what happened but I guess maybe vampires can just decide to, to do that in this world I don't know it's not explained but so she takes herself get, out I didn't quite get that well, it seems like it's a painless, quick and painless way to go rather than being left out in the sun or whatever. Or it's on her own terms, whatever it is. But Charlie Cox is very sad. It's at this point that LaRousse vanishes from this movie. And I don't know what happened because he's strung up in a rack right next to Charlie Cox. We see him after Vanessa has killed herself and the colonel's walking up to talk to Henry, Charlie Cox. You see LaRousse hanging there still. And then the next time, that's the last time we see him. And for the rest of the week, he's just gone. The rack he was in was empty. is empty. We never see him again. So I'm assuming there is some sort of left on the cutting room floor scene of the colonel coming up and staking and killing LaRousse or something. But he's, and he's, so he turned to Ash, but he's just never seen again. His rack is empty. I don't know where he went. But yeah, the colonel's just about to kill Henry. And Henry's like, yeah, do it. Like, end it. Just end this. I'm tired of this. And then... He gets, the colonel gets like shot from behind because Peter is snuck up on him. So the colonel's kind of crawling around the ground, hurt, shot up. Peter frees Henry. But before he does, he's like negotiating. He's like, so I'm assuming I'm going to get all the Duke's territory now that he's gone, right? And Charlie Cox is like, really? Right now is the time for this? Can you, yes, fine. You can have, (laughs) fine. You can have it. I don't care. Can you get me out of here, please? So even in moments like this, uh, Peter's a selfish kind of. Yeah, he's dude, just being a dick for the hell of it. yeah, he's kind of ornery. Dick, but yeah, but he does. I mean, but he does. Maybe not save the day, but he does save Henry here. Who yeah. you assume he's like? Give me a minute. I got to deal with this guy because you know, obviously, he's very upset with the colonel. We don't see what happens. You yeah. assume he kills him. Yeah, because he broke. He's breaking his six hundred year rule. Yeah, because he told him he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something just for you. I'm gonna do something I haven't done in 600 years. I'm gonna enjoy killing you, which is pretty dope. Sebastian finds this army truck that's left behind, and Angel jumps upon it and is like, "Okay, take us out of here," you know. And he's like, "What? You don't know how to drive?" He's like, "Yeah, I do, but I can't. The sun's coming up. I can't drive. And we we have to hide in the back. I can't drive in the daylight. So you have to drive for us." And he's like, "You're not gonna kill me when we get the, when we're when we're done, right?" And she's like, "No, come on." Of course not. We're, we're, we're appreciative people, you know. <laughs> You're kind of one of us now, sort of. You've been through this night with us. And she was the one who was most hepped up to kill him at the beginning, so it's, it's quite a t- turnaround she's had. Yeah. And then, yeah, they drive off in this truck, and it turns out he 
Henry did not kill the colonel. He just bit him and turned him into a vampire, strung him up so that he can burn up in the sun. But before he does, yeah, these three like nurse looking ladies in white just walk up with like a silver briefcase and pull this syringe thing out and take a sample off this guy. And then he burns and then he like explodes and burns up in the sun. Yeah. And our heroes drive off into the sunrise, I guess. They did offer him to uh, be one of them now, but Sebastian just says that he'll think about it, but is keen on being a getaway driver. Yeah, and it wouldn't work for them to turn him right now anyway, because, again, they're right, someone has to drive. (laughs) So at some point, yeah, they're like, you know, we still have, well, now we have like four openings, (laughs) or or five even. So, you know, you want to be one of us? And yeah, he's like, you know, I'll think about it. That's fair and enough. Then there's, then there's the uh, commercial, the fake commercial. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, cosmetics. the movie ends with a fake ad from this cosmetic company for this Rejuve or whatever, this cosmetic that they've made from vampire DNA or something that like makes your skin literally stops the clock, they say, and so that you stop aging. And then the little text at the bottom says like, you know, it's like the health warning or whatever that's like may cause insatiable thirst for blood. <laughs> It's kind of funny. <laughs> and that's it. That's Eat Locals. Not a, not a bad way to spend 90 minutes, man. I don't know. People are... And I'm, I'm used to being the harsh one, but I think people were way harsher on this than they needed to be because I had, between the cast, and I think not all the humor works, but some of it does. Not all the action works, but some of it does. The plot is does get a little all over the place, kind of, with the things they add in, but... I don't know, man. It's an easy, breezy 90 minutes, and it kept me entertained twice because I watched it twice for the show, so no problem for me. I enjoyed it myself, honestly. Um, I, and it, especially the more it sits on me, the more you talk about it, that, yeah, I, there are flubs, but I really enjoyed this one. I, I liked much of the humor, and I do like the attempts to one-up the insanity, even if it is some of it is a detour, but just the escalation of just how absurd this gets. I really, really dug. And the cast certainly made it work, too. Yeah, the cast is great. It's very, very British, which I appreciate. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. Oh, it's tough. Yeah. I, had, I had a fun time with it. No complaint. It's not something I'm going to watch a bunch more times, you know, but I had no when trouble watching worth, it twice. I say it's worth it. Definitely worth a watch, for sure, even if it doesn't become part of your regular rotation or something. Definitely worth checking out. Uh, well... That's it for Eat Locals, so it's that time of the episode where I press the magic button to see what next week's movie chosen completely at random from everything streaming shall be. Wheel of Morality. Turn, turn, turn. Show us the lesson that we should learn. See, I knew this time I knew to wait and let you say it. <laughs> Usually you catch me by surprise <laughs> with it, and it shouldn't. Pressing the magic button now. Uh, next week's movie is Wishcraft. Wishcraft? Not Witchcraft. As in the like soft core porn series of cheap horror movies from the nineties, um, Wishcraft from two thousand and two. Yeah, it looks another horror movie. Let's see here. Uh, Brett, a smart but unsociable high school kid, receives a strange box in the mail. A note tells him it will give him three wishes. But just as his new life is beginning, someone's murdering the popular kids in strange, inventive ways. All right, so it's like wait, that's fucking brain scan. Or it's like Wish time. Upon meets. Scream meets Spinal Destination, maybe? I don't know. We'll see. Is there a genie in this, too? Is it going to be it does not say. I don't know. <laughs> I guess we'll find out. Wishcraft from 2002. It is available to watch on Tubi, of course, as most <laughs> things are. I've been on quite a Tubi kick 
of late, which makes total sense, but then just to be, to be, to be, to be. It's the internet equivalent of a mom and pop store. You never know what you're gonna find. <laughs> no, but it's the odds of getting it are good because there's so much stuff on there. So just statistically, mathematically speaking, the odds of getting something from Tubi are pretty good. Yeah. And I like that. Oh, they, uh, I I don't mind it because it's made for interesting random selections and it's also free for everyone. So I know any guest I get, they can watch it on Tubi. You know, not everybody has Amazon Prime, not everybody has Netflix, not everybody has HBO Max, but everybody can have Tubi. So. I like Although, Tubi. Uh, don't credit me. Uh, don't credit me for that comparison. Um, Scott Weinberg thought of it first. I just uh, agree with it. Oh, that Tubi is a mom and pop store. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty. Uh, pretty accurate. All right. But well, I, love it. I freaking love that service. That's good, man. I mean, it's mostly crap, but that served this show very well. So, <laughs> uh, where can people find you, sir? I'm. I'm on Twitter. Um, I'm. SJW James Bond, MVBRAT10 on Twitter. So hopefully it'll still be alive. Yeah, people have been asking me, you know, oh, are you gonna? Twitter is where I mean, I I do I, I do a lot on Slasher, but Twitter's the only other social media. I, and I started to TikTok now for the show, but like Instagram is just for my baby. I don't do any show stuff on there. So Twitter has been it's how we met. You know, it's yeah. how a lot of my guests and I have met. I've made real friends on there. And it's the number yeah. one drive behind the show. You know, it's the number one place I have to get new episodes out, spread the word, share the show, get the show out there. And there isn't really, Slasher's great, but it's not comparable, you know. So people are like, oh, are you going to leave Twitter now? Like, no, I'm not. <laughs> you know, I'm going to continue ignoring the bullshit on Twitter that I always have. And, you know, yeah. hopefully, we'll, we'll see what happens with Twitter. Who knows? But I'm not leaving anytime soon. Because, yeah, I don't know. I, the, the show needs it. <laughs> so, because I'm not getting back on Facebook, I'll tell you that for free. So, yeah. I'm also uh, a co host on Agents of SJW, a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast series. Yes, indeed. I am uh, Aggie Lambert, 78. The show is at That's a Random P2. Show us an email address, That's a Random Pod at gmail.com. I'm on Slasher. Like I said, TikTok. Those are both, I think, just at That's a Random Pod, probably. Artwork for the show by Joe Humphrey, who is at Mr. Joe Humphrey on Twitter and on Slasher. And I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed your well-earned horror movie trivia prize. I did. It's no big thing. And, yeah, I think that'll do it this week. On behalf of myself and Sebastian, have a great week. See you back here next week for, once again, Wish Craft. One word, on Tubi from 2002, surely a masterpiece. Excelsior indeed. Bye, everybody. Bye.